Welcome back to another episode of the Fast Break Live NBA Podcast. It's your boy Samuel here. I'm doing this one by myself. You know, it's a little late. The Denver Nuggets game versus um, the Utah Jazz just finished. And we are headed to Game 7. Game 7. Another edition of Jamal Murray versus Donovan Mitchell on our way. Jamal Murray, another 50-point game. I think he has over his last three games 142 points combined. I mean, the the way that you, I mean, the way that um, Jamal Murray and Donovan Mitchell have been just going at it this series is just ridiculous. I mean, they've been going crazy. And I don't think we've ever seen a back and forth duel the way we've seen with these two i mean the way the, the the way these two the way these two are performing i don't think we've ever seen two individuals go at each other consistently the way they have um so don um donovan mitchell also finished tonight's game with um let me check real quick on the box score 44 points on the night another 40 point game um jamal murray joins donovan mitchell as the Fourth person, he joins um, Donovan Mitchell, I believe Elgin Baylor and Michael Jordan as the only people to drop 50 in the same series um, twice or more. So special company that he is, he's in right there. Um, this, is th- this is the type of performance I've been waiting for. I mean, this is the type of consistency I've been waiting for from not only Jamal Murray, but um, Donovan Mitchell. I mean, they're both young guys. so. Granted, it's it was granted that they needed time to actually really like get a better feel of the game for them to be able to um be as consistent as they are. I don't know if it's because there hasn't been any like defense played in this series either. That maybe contributes to that as well. I mean, there's no perimeter stoppers on either team. Um closest thing we got to perimeter stopper, I guess, is um Tory Craig and um, Gary Harris, who they just got back tonight. So there's that. But again, there's no one on either team that's going to stop either Jamal Murray or Donovan Mitchell. So we'll see how that goes in game seven with um, with those two going at it for one last time. I mean, whoever gets through, I mean, props to the other dude for trying as hard as they could. But Utah, Utah's got their back against the wall right now. I mean, they 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 were up three one, and now they're tied three three, and they could be they have the potential to be. I think, I think I saw on Twitter someone said the twelfth team they could possibly be to um lose a three one lead. So there's that on the line as well. So you know, hopefully Donovan Mitchell has probably someone like Jordan Clarkson, Mike Conley step up alongside him because Donovan Mitchell can't keep doing this by himself every night. Um. Denver also got some huge contributions from Jeremy Grant as well. He finished the night with he finished the night with 18 points and he was solid from 3, 57% from the free, from three point line. So he's been doing it. He did his thing tonight as well. Shout out to him. 
But yeah, I just can't wait to see more of Jamal Murray and Donovan Mitchell. And I think we got to put some more respect on these guys' names because I, I I think there's been a lot of slander headed towards these guys' names because of their inconsistencies in their game. And I think they put every they they shut all of that up in this series with the way they've been consistently battling with each other and whatnot. So I mean, it's just great to see two young two young guys going at it. And like when we when when we discuss as fans, I guess, um, young stars in the league, we got to put some respect on these guys' names and also involve them in those conversations because you know we always talking about the Zion's, the Tatum's, the Lucas, the Trey's, the Jaws, all those type of guys. But we gotta we got we gotta add these guys after this performance that they put on in this first round series. It's only right that we add these guys in here. Um, switching gears to um what other series we had today we had dallas versus the sixers i mean whoa what am i saying dallas versus the clippers rhymes with sixers i see where i messed that up but the porzingis meniscus tear i called it last show well i didn't call it specifically but last show i did say to kev i was like i feel like the mavericks are hiding something because there's no way you keep going through the MRI and it, you just have general soreness. Like, there has to be something more there that the team isn't telling us. And lo and behold, when I saw the meniscus tear, I was like, boom, called it. I knew it. Off rip. Like, there's no way that he's not playing in this thing without with general soreness because you would just end up – what I've seen from other p- players that play with soreness, they usually take, like, certain shots to, like – um, ease the pain. So I'm assuming that he's, he's tried those shots and that didn't help. So they looked further and that's when they saw the meniscus tear. But this is the risk that, um, that Dallas took when they made the trade. I, as a Knicks fan was one of the many that said you had to take it. There's a big risk in taking him and then also maxing him, which they did about 150, 158 million. So big risk there. The best ability is availability, as a lot of people like to say. And if Porzingis isn't available, I mean, Luke is going to be have to be carrying a heavy load for the for the foreseeable future. And I know they got a big summer coming up in 2021. With um, they'll have they'll have some cap space. Maybe take a swing at Giannis or whoever is available in that in that free agency class. I don't know specifically at the moment, but. It will be interesting to see how Porzingis goes into that. As a Knicks fan, um, the injury concerns do mean that there will be he will be on the court for less time. So, um, he that 2021 draft pick that the Mavericks owe the Knicks is looking very interesting at the moment. Not not saying that it will be a guaranteed lottery pick because you know. The West is tough, and if for someone like Porzingis is missing time with injury, I mean that could be a huge blow for them. And with teams like Warriors and other teams coming up, coming back up, I mean it's, it's going to be very interesting to see how next year shapes out. But with to, today's game, um, it was pretty close actually between um the Mavericks and the Clippers for the for the for like the first half opening up the second half Dallas was cold from three they missed um 13 straight three-pointers 
having a little Houston Rockets game seven moment there. Um, they attempted a, a little comeback in the beginning of the fourth quarter, but Kawhi and Reggie Jackson just got on fire and they were in the zone and they locked in and they just started hitting shots and the the Mavericks just couldn't respond. Like they didn't, they just didn't have the horses. And I feel like someone like Porzingis would have played probably a huge role in that fourth quarter where these guys, um, where he would be able to stretch the floor and he would be also to contribute on defense and probably score some of those buckets that they needed in the fourth quarter. Instead, they were going to guys like Finney Smith, Kleber, um, Seth Curry, Trey Burke, Tim Hardaway Jr. And they just couldn't buy a basket at certain points in the game. So there was that. Um, Morris did get ejected, as we all saw, for a hard foul on Doncic. I feel like this has been brewing for a while because, you know, not even with the him stepping on Luca's foot at um in the last game, but also with um with the altercations that happened in the first two games, I believe it was the first two or three games it was. Um, but yeah, this has been brewing, and you know the Clippers, their team, they they're gonna want to get under your skin, especially guys like Beverly on the team. But he wasn't really playing, so I don't know if Morris was trying to take that role of getting under um Doncic's skin. But it all culminated into this, and, you know, it happened. Doncic ended the game with, like, 38, I think, 9 and 9 or something like that. Something along those lines. But he had a he had a pretty great game. Um, A lot of people have been saying, and I think Dallas themselves realizes that they need some enforcers, I guess, um, some tough, gritty vets for – for for um for Doncic because I I feel like when you have like a star like this he's gonna get targeted a lot especially when he's on fire and he's like killing your team like teams are gonna want to target him I guess not even just out of frustration but just to get him out of his rhythm and a lot of people are mentioning that oh what Morris did to Doncic people should do to Steph and I mean people do rough up Steph a little here and there but you know no one ever goes to the extreme because they've had guys like Draymond, Bogut, Zaza, David West, Matt Barnes. They've always had some type of enforcer on their team over the last couple of years. So you're going to need those type of guys to like take that hit for your star because you don't want your star getting ejected for re- retaliating and whatnot. So it's going to be interesting to see who um Dallas decides to go with as that type of guy. Um Oh, also a quick note on going back to Jamal Murray. Um, first person to score 40 plus in three straight games since Allen Iverson in 2001. So some good company to be in that he's in. But um, earlier game today was um, Boston versus Toronto. Toronto just looked out of whack. Their half court offense wasn't really rolling the way. Well, I don't even know if it ever really rolls. It's more of their defense that's consistent. But, yeah, Pascal and Fred Van Vliet really struggled today, and, and, and it didn't help that Siakam got into early foul trouble because he um he that that just takes him out of his rhythm when he's out of um when he's out of the game like that. But let me go here to my bookmarks real quick because I have some interesting notes here quick before i get back into the boston toronto game um paul george in this series um versus dallas 
in the five games besides game five where he had a really good game, he was averaging about 15.2 points per game on 29% from the field and 22% from three point. Um, 7.6 rebounds per game, 4.4 assists per game, 2.8 turnovers. Maybe he could get away with this in the next round against either Denver or Utah. But when they get to the conference finals against a team like the Lakers, which they'll most likely face, he won't be. Paul George has to step up. Paul George has to be game five, the way he was in game five, like every single game, because. You're going to need that to beat AD and Braun, which I will get into in a little bit. But going uh, also with Luka, finished the series, 31 points per game, 9.8 rebounds, 8.7 assists. So very close to his season, season stats, but pretty remarkable the performances that he put up, especially that game four it was, where he put four, 43, 17, 13. So, you know, future's bright. He's definitely someone that's going to be in the MVP conversation probably as soon as next year. So, look out for look out for that. Um, going back to Boston versus Toronto. Um, Boston got some pretty good um solid contributions from Marcus um Smart today. Had five threes. He only had two threes throughout the whole series against the Sixers. So, you know, Marcus Smart could hit his threes and then uh, bring that defense that he plays so well. I mean, it's going to be tough if Toronto really can't really get into rhythm. Um, What else? Um, Let's actually go to Blazers versus Lakers. So... Blazers, of course, they're playing without um Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard actually left the bubble. He went to he went to get his knee further evaluated. Um, but he won't have to come back to the bubble now because Blazers did get eliminated. They stayed strong, but they couldn't keep up at the end of the game. Especially Nurkic. Oh, poor Nurkic. Nurkic was out here getting roasted by Anthony Davis, who put up, I think. 43 or or whatever i think it was 43 i don't remember off the top of my head but it's over for nurkic now the suffering can end for him um Mello played a pretty good game he was playing well especially in that first half um cj mccollum playing really well um note on cj mccollum he says he's gonna need at least six to eight weeks of rest and i think some rehab for his fracture and his back to fully recover so that's pretty good news for him and trent trent was also a key factor in this game keeping the blazers in it it was interesting to see how they were able to play without dame because there was a lot more um ball movement a lot more sharing of the ball without um damian lillard out there on the court so it's interesting to see different play styles when certain people are out of lineups and in lineups and whatnot so Interesting note there. I I do want to say I feel like um next round will be Lakers probably versus the Rockets, and I feel I want to see how Anthony Davis does against um the Rockets small ball as well because they like when players actually bang down low with them, but the way you got to beat the Rockets is with speed. But it'll be interesting to see how they how they match up because I don't I don't remember how many times the Lakers played 
against this small ball lineup. And I don't know how many times they were successful against it. So it'll be very interesting to see how that plays a role. Um, Another thing I'm interested in is what Frank Vogel is going to do with his lineups because he has some adjustments to make, especially against a small ball lineup. Like, is he going to continue to play guys like Dwight and JaVale McGee? Or is he going to go with, like, a smaller lineup with, like, guys, like, playing more Markeith Morris at the five? Or is he going to go with some Deion Waiters? Because you're going to need some perimeter creation. And I feel like Deion Waiters is the perfect guy for that. Or is he going to go Rondo? Which will be very interesting to see because a lot of people, I know a majority of the people I see on Twitter, on my Twitter feed, they they feel like they know that Rondo's a negative for this team not even just with shooting but i guess defensively he's not the same as he was before so very interesting to see how that goes um so shout out to dame i mean he gave us some all-time performances in the seeding games played of a played a great um played a great play-in game and then he had that great game one, but then they kind of like figured him out, I guess, for the rest of the series. But very, very, very solid performances from Dame. I just didn't like how people were comparing him to Steph. I mean, that's a whole nother conversation for another day I, I could get into. But yeah, shout out to Dame. I mean, one thing we got to think about with Dame here, I think he's 30. He's getting, he's getting, I don't want to say up there in age because I don't want to make it sound like he's like super, super old. But I mean, you got to think the time is running out for Dame to like really contend because I know they had a lot, they dealt with a lot in this series with um, no Collins. Maybe he could have done a better job on Anthony Davis. Who knows? Um, Rodney Hood would have been another great um, wing creator for them. Trevor Reza, another solid wing defender, or I think he is still. I don't know. Um, but he's a solid three-point option. I know that. So you got to think about certain things like that, and then you got to think about Dame's age and like how that plays into the future plans of the Blazers and where they go from here. It's going to be very interesting. Um. So, yeah. Um, next series I want to talk about. Um, Giannis versus the Magic. Uh, Giannis dominated this series, like, and he dominated it, but, like, a lot of people aren't going to take it so seriously, I guess, because it's against the Magic, and, like, people are like, eh, it's the Magic. So, but I feel like the Magic gave him a lot of fight, especially in this game where they came, they started to come back in, like, the fourth quarter, but that was, like, a lot when, when Giannis was sitting. But still, I mean, Giannis put up 30, 16, and 6 in less than 32 minutes per game in the first round with a net rating of 15.2. I mean, that's just that's just that's just greatness right there. I mean, you can say what you want to say against that, but I mean, if that was like don't mean to do the comparison, but if that was LeBron and against the Eastern Conference opponent, a lot of people would be like, is that the greatest first round ever? Blah blah blah. Y'all know how the media be. Um, oh, speaking of media, um, I don't know if anyone was buying any of that 
any of that underdog stuff that the the media was like, oh, the Blazers are the Blazers are a serious threat to the Lakers. I mean, we kind of entertained it on the show a little bit, but like that was like we were hoping that the Blazers could give them a fight because you know a lot of people were happy about the mellow story and a lot of people were like, yo, Dame, Dame's time's running up. So, you know, we want Dame to have this like awesome historic run or what whatnot. But it's like to me it wasn't really realistic. I mean, it was fun to imagine the Blazers pulling off an upset, especially after game one where everybody was like, oh no. But I think we all knew that at that time that the Lakers were gonna adjust. So there's that. Um, another note on AD, um, the Lakers is, um, people are saying after this first round thing that they're the most dominant duo since Shaq and Kobe. I mean, did we really forget about the last, what was it? Four years or three, three or four years of golden state with Steph and KD. I mean, are we really just going to toss that out of the back of our minds like that? I mean, I understand a lot of people didn't like the move that KD did, but I mean, you can't just ignore the dominance of that duo but i mean hey people are gonna say what they want to say and believe what they want to believe but i don't know very weird these um what the media likes to do with lebron and the lakers weird combination it's it's uh, um but yeah um going back to Giannis. Very interesting to see how he'll deal with the Miami defense. We all know Miami's um, defense is... Miami played them the best out of, I think, of all the teams that they played them, that played them this year. Miami's 2-1 and one against the Bucks, and they did a pretty good job of containing um, Giannis when they played him. And they got the right cast of characters to do it as well. You got Bam Adebayo solid defender um jay crowder andre Godala. um you got the length to bother him with like guys like Derek jones jr you got jimmy butler and then you got miami shooters goran dragic has come alive in the playoffs um tyler hero duncan robinson so you know it's going to be a very interesting series. I got Milwaukee winning it, but I would not be surprised at all if Miami won it at all. But I feel like this series goes six or seven because I, I just know not to doubt Jimmy Butler, but I have my concerns also with Milwaukee and their supporting cast, especially the way they were slow to start the Magic series, like guys like Chris Middleton, Eric Bledsoe. Eric Bledsoe is always one of the biggest question marks with the Bucks because of how inconsistent and how non-existent he can be in playoff series. So very interesting to see that one. I hope it goes at least six or seven. It would be, it would, it would shock me if any one of these teams won in like four or five, because I just feel like it's like, it's that close with these two teams. So very interesting to see how that turns out. One of the few first round series that we still have going on. OKC versus the Rockets. Russell Westbrook returned from his quad strain. He didn't play that many. He didn't play as much minutes as he would normally do. Um, He didn't play that well in the minutes that he 
played either because he's kind of rusty. But OKC needed more from their supporting guys. You had Lou Dort. I mean, Lou Dort is going to end up, like a lot of people say, be our next Tony Allen, which is great, but it's also like a diss at the same time because it's like Tony Allen could, like people, would just, teams would purposely leave Tony Allen open. I remember when Golden State was playing the Grizzlies in the first round and they put Bogut on Tony Allen. Like that's how much they didn't respect the shot. So... Ludor's got to work on that jumper over the summer, if, especially if OKC gets eliminated. But yeah, you had um Chris Paul, 16, 6, and 3. Didn't play that well. Lou Dort, 6 points, 3 for 16 from the field, 0 for 9 from 3. Gallinari had 1 point, non-existent. That can't happen again. Shea, 4 points. That can't happen again. I mean... Yeah, it was just a disappointing performance. Um, Dennis Schroeder was their main source of offense, again, off the bench. This is why he has my vote for sixth man of the year. I don't know when that announcement is going to be made. Hopefully it's this week. But, yeah, he's my pick for sixth man of the year simply for the fact that he has been, every time that he's played well off the bench, they've been in a position to win or they have won. This game he got ejected because he hit um, P.J. Tucker below the belt. P.J. Tucker also got ejected for his response to Dennis Schroeder hitting him below the belt. So it, it was just not it didn't. This game wasn't meant to be for OKC because it just didn't work out. But um, shout out Covington finally had a really good game in this in the series. Twenty two points. Um, six for 11 from three. Eric Gordon, another solid game. Twenty points. James Harden, 31. So, you know. Rockets have some consistent contributors that can contribute whenever, even when Westbrook isn't available. Um, what else? So, yeah. Oh, well, another thing is um Shea. Shea was um being targeted a lot on defense by by the Rockets, and I found that interesting because I thought. I didn't know. I didn't think. I didn't think Shea was a solid defender, but I thought that with like his length and whatnot, I thought that he would be an okay defender. But it seems to be that he's not. So very interesting there. Um, we'll see how Game Six turns out for them. Could be another seven game series we got there, but. I'm happy that we did get one series that came to seven with Murray and Mitchell and the Nuggets and the um, Jazz. I mean, there's no defense being played in this series, but it's still entertaining regardless because, you know, I saw someone mention that it's like it's like a glorified or like a hyped up version of. Is, is a high stakes version of Deion Waiters versus Tim Hardaway Jr. from the rookie sophomore game. I found that very I found that very funny because I was thinking about how like what could we compare this duel to because I don't think we've ever seen anything like it before in the past. So yeah. Um one thing I do say about um the Clippers in the next round, I know that they'll probably face either 
the Nuggets or the Jazz at this point. So I'm interested for if if it's the Jazz, how does Mitchell perform against better perimeter defenders? Because um, guys like Kawhi and Paul George are not the same as Jamal Murray and who is it? Michael Porter Jr., Torrey Craig, those guys like uh, Clippers perimeter defense is a whole different story. Hopefully Doc Rivers makes proper lineup adjustments. I noticed that in today's game when the Clippers were making their comeback, no, when the Mavericks were making their comeback against the Clippers, the Clippers had a lineup out there of Paul George surrounded by a bunch of suspect defenders with Montrez, Lou Will, Reggie Jackson, and Shamit. Like, come on. Like, at that point, how could you not expect the comeback? I mean, you put Paul George surrounding a bunch of suspect defenders that were just straight blow-bys. And, like, against guys like Luka, just shoot right over the top of guys like Shamit, Lou Will, and Reggie Jackson. So, I don't know. Second round is, I hope the second round doesn't, end as quickly as the first round did because we had a lot of series that were sweeps or went five so i'm hoping that we get a lot more closer series that go to six or seven that is it for today's episode just wanted to give some quick takeaways i've noticed from the past week or so um or the over the weekend i mean Make sure y'all come y'all check back here on Friday. We'll definitely have probably one of my other co-hosts with me. Um, make sure y'all check out the links in the bio. Thank you for listening to my tired self speak for about 30 minutes. Um, and that's it. Peace.